the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is brought to you by Bridgeway Community Church. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson live in the nation's capital. It's Tough Topic Tuesday, talking about black history from a white man's perspective. Live from our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. An expert on race, religion, and relationships, Dr. Anderson wants to talk to you. Our phone lines are now open. 888-432-7434. And now, please welcome Dr. David Anderson, your bridge-building voice in the nation's capital. That's me. Your bridge building voice right here in the nation's capital, hanging out with you on WAVA 105.1 FM right here in D.C., Maryland, Virginia, parts of Pennsylvania and West Virginia as well, not to mention all over the world on WAVA.com and on my Facebook Live page, waving to you there on my YouTube page. Thanks a lot for tuning in. All week long, you know, it is a Black History Month, and all week long I wanted to uh, bring you Uh, black history, but from a white man's perspective. And what I mean by that, uh, this week I'm going to have three great friends who are happen to be white Caucasian men, but they have done a deep dive into the history and into the heritage of African-Americans and and try to figure out, you know, hey, why would a white man be so deeply involved in it? But for some of them, they know even more about black history than uh, some African-Americans I know as well. But I think it's important if we're going to build bridges of reconciliation, not only for black folk like myself to tell our story, but oftentimes have uh, white people, whether men or women, uh, talk about what does racial reconciliation, what does uh, racial history and what does the history of America have to do with with them and what role do they play and how do we build this bridge? If you've read any of my books, you may know that I say that the white man and the black man are at the uh, book ends. Uh, and then you have the white woman and the black woman uh, next to them on the inside. And as you go toward the middle, there are all kinds of books from many different racial, cultural perspectives, many different cultures and colors in between who can help us build a bridge between the extremes. But the white man and the black man need to come together uh, in America. And thank God I have today with me a great brother in the Lord, Pastor Scott Garber. He's the author of the book, uh, White as Sin, A New Paradigm for Racial Healing. Now, before I introduce uh, Scott more uh, personally and professionally, I do want to open in just a short word of prayer. I also want to invite you uh, to give a call to talk with me or Pastor Scott about this topic. I know many of you will listen, you'll take it in, but you may have a question, you may have a concern, or uh, you may even have an issue, and that's okay. We invite you to pull your chair up to the table, grab your coffee or your tea like me and Pastor Scott, and let's talk about it. I believe that comprehension begins with conversation. 
But first, let's talk to the one who created us. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to connect uh, and to communicate. And we just pray, Lord, you help us to be better bridge builders, better gracists, so that we can uh, maintain the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. For it is in the name of Jesus we pray. Together, everyone said, amen, amen. and amen. My phone number live in studio is 888-432-7434. That's, that's 888-432-7434. Or just remember, even as I was driving over a couple of bridges today in the Maryland area, guess what? Remember the word bridge, 888-43-BRIDGE. Now, I referenced the book White as Sin, A New Paradigm for Racial Healing by uh, Scott Garber. Pastor Scott Garber has dedicated his career to church ministry, theological training, and writing. He's also the founder and executive director of Overcoming, a nonprofit dedicated to racial justice. He began as an urban church planner, spent a number of years as an associate minister in African-American churches, and then served as senior pastor of Washington Community Fellowship, a multiracial congregation on Capitol Hill in D.C. Scott spent a dozen years in Europe, first teaching at Spanish Bible Institute before moving to Romania, where he helped organize a theological faculty in state-sponsored university there. He's currently the pastor at large at Bridgeway Community Church in Columbia, Maryland, and the author of this brand new book, White as Sin. His wife, Cindy, lives with him in the nation's capital where they've dedicated themselves to ministry, to writing, uh, and to being an example of what it means to be a bridge builder. Pastor Scott, I'm so glad that you're here on Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Thank you, Dr. Anderson. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for being here. And I want to uh, talk to you not just about your book, but about black history in, in particular. And my question is, is it important in your opinion, not just for you as a white guy, but is it important in your opinion for white Americans to understand black history? And if so, why? Well, it's, it's absolutely important. And um Part of the reason for that, I spent one year when my wife was finishing college selling cars. Mm. And one of the things they taught us about selling cars is that w the biggest mistake people make is they try to sell the car without without creating the need, without recognizing the need. They said, mm. you need to spend three quarters of the time creating the need and then one quarter of the time touting the, the, the merits of the car rather than the opposite. Mm -hmm. And if... When we get together to talk about reconciliation, everybody wants to get to the finish line. Yeah. But the, there was, it took us a long time to get to where we are. And if we don't understand why we're in the position we're in, then mm -hmm. we're not in a good position, not, not well situated to try to solve that problem. So mm. I think the first reason that history is really important is whoever controls that historical narrative defines what the problem is. Mm. And for most white people, in it's been my experience that we tend to think of the terrible things that have happened in the past in our interracial relationships as kind of anomalous, kind of episodic. So a few bad actors got involved, some, some people who were slave owners or slave traders, and that kind of messed it up for everybody else. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think that from an African-American perspective, people tend to think of it more as something that was – there was a complicity across the society that allowed all these things to happen. Mm -hmm. And, of course, if the first narrative is correct – then there's one set of problems to be solved, which may not involve us. Mm -hmm. It may involve a lot of dead people. Mm -hmm. Right, <laughs> right. And if there's a complicity and attitudes that are continuing on into our day, 
then we not only have to think about the things that happened a long time ago, but we have to think about what that implies about our own attitudes today and face up to those things before we can ever really get to racial reconciliation. So part of your thinking is that the complicity to the dead people, <laughs> if I'm carrying on their philosophies, their ideologies, then really it's not just history, it's also present. It's absolutely present. Can, can I tell you three, three forms of solidarity that I discovered in myself that I didn't want to know about? Okay, tell me. Okay. The first one was just social solidarity. When I walk in the room, I'm, I'm a white guy. Mm -hmm. And I'm not immune to that any more than you, you are immune to being black when you walk in the room. Right. And that carries with it a certain set of assumptions and reactions that other people have to you. Mm. That's just a fact. I'm, I'm not looking for sympathy. It's just a hard fact of American life. Mm. The second bit of solidarity that I discovered is that I have a circumstantial solidarity. That is, I am the beneficiary of ill-gotten gain. Mm -hmm. The beneficiary of ill-gotten gain. What does that mean? Well, it's what uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates has called the national sin of plunder. Mm. Uh, this country was built on the backs of, of slave labor. Almost all of the exportable goods before the middle of the 19th century were, were created by slaves. Mm -hmm. And um, So in other words, there's the benefits that come uh, as a result right, of Right, there are benefits that come. I mean, the, the, the median white family income is 10 times the median black fa family income. That's not, that's not an accident. Um, and so uh, now I may have been a passive beneficiary of these things, but I benefited nonetheless, and I wasn't giving the money back. Right, right, <laughs> all right, right, okay? right. I, I've since changed my mind about that part of it, but, right. but in most cases we're not giving the money back. Mm -hmm. The third bit of solidarity, and this is the one that kind of shook me the most, I think, is that I discovered that the, the, the attitude that drove those people way back then to, do the, the, to commit the atrocities that they committed and engage in the oppression in which they engaged was what I call racial haughtiness. Mm -hmm. And when I finally uh, um, realized that that had affected me too, I lived in a different time, and I expressed it in different ways in my time. But it, but it was an attitude that was alive in me, same one that was alive in them. Mm. So w when I sat down to criticize them, I had to look at myself and discover what was what was actually so there was in a, my own heart. There was a uh, the moral a, complicity, the moral solidarity. An attitudinal solidarity? Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. When we get back, let's dig into that just a little bit more. And let me uh, involve you if you want to join in the conversation. 888-432-7434. Uh, I'm going to hog... Uh, Pastor Scott Garber, as long as I can, we're talking about black history from a, from a white man's perspective. The author of the book, White as Sin, A New Paradigm for Racial Healing. like results and our success proves it you will lose weight and keep it off guaranteed fast and safe weight loss strategies all directed by a physician take your weight loss journey with us and lose 15 20 50 pounds or more schedule your free consultation today your weight loss guaranteed at wellnessweightlosscenter.com dr anderson would love for you to join his facebook page and subscribe to his youtube channel just search Dr. David Anderson on Facebook and click like. 
for Anderson Speaks on YouTube and subscribe. They're a great way for you to connect with and follow Dr. Anderson. Plus, you can watch Dr. Anderson's radio program live or search past episodes. You can also connect with Dr. Anderson and his sponsors at andersonspeaks.com. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson on Facebook, YouTube, and andersonspeaks.com. Check him out today. Hey, friends, guess how old Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson is? 10 years old as of March 1st. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw a birthday party on February 29th. It's leap day. It's Saturday. It's from 6 to 9. It's going to be in Columbia, Maryland. And I want to invite you to my party. It's free. I want you to come, okay? Can you hang out with me? I want to meet you, greet you. I'm going to show you the studio. We're going to eat some food, listen to a Latin band. It's going to be a fun time. All you got to do is go to EmbraceGracism.com and register there. Or go to AndersonSpeaks.com. Send me an email. We'll register for you. Just make sure you put it on your calendar. February 29th, 2020, hanging out with the doc. I can't wait to see you. Hi, I'm Andrew Altman, founder of Best Buy Waterproofing. I hate to see people wait to replace the roof. I'm working on a roof right now where the wood underneath the shingles and the ceiling in the kitchen needs replacing because of roof leaks. Don't let this happen. Get a free estimate before the storms arrive. You deserve the best. Call Best Buy Waterproofing and Roofing. Best Buy. Welcome back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. For more information about this program or for resources from Dr. Anderson, please visit andersonspeaks.com. To watch on Facebook Live or to view past episodes, visit Dr. Anderson's public figure Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson and click like. You can also watch live on YouTube. Just search for Anderson Speaks, all one word, and make sure to subscribe. Join our text community and receive a free weekly textpiration from Dr. Anderson. Just text the word INSPIRE to 97000. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-E to 97000. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's me. I'm David Anderson, live here in the nation's capital on WAVA 105.1 FM. I've got the author of the book, White as Sin, A New Paradigm for Racial Healing by Pastor Scott Garber. And we're talking about what black history looks like from a white man's perspective. And before uh, the break, Pastor Scott, you were talking about the three solidarities that you feel as a white person sort of dawned on you as you've studied and that is a social solidarity with uh, folk, a circumstantial solidarity, and really an attitudinal or moral solidarity that just kind of comes with an attitude of being white in America. If you do want to ask Pastor Scott a question or talk to me about this uh, idea of black history, racial reconciliation, uh, give me a call. Give us a call live in studio today, 888-432-7434. That's uh, 888-43-BRIDGE. Okay, Pastor Scott, black history uh, for a lot of white people, not all, but for a lot of white people is, uh, okay, great, we got to go through this <laughs> again. Even why do we even have to have a whole month of this? What is that about if I were to put myself in your skin? Why would I feel that? And what does it feel like? Yeah, well, you know, I think – Perhaps I'm a little bit atypical because I've dedicated years of my life to studying this. Right. But, I, but putting myself in, this, in the shoes 
of I think the average person who's listening to that. It's like, I don't think that most white people appreciate the extent to which uh, the accomplishments and the experiences of black people have been left out of the narrative of what we just call history, but is in fact white history because it really deals with the things that have influenced uh, the white shakers and movers of, of our history mm-hmm. and often leaving out the accomplishments and, and even the, the, the suffering of, uh, of black folks. Uh-huh. So uh, um, I think it's only when, for me, I think the biggest connection was listening to black history and seeing how my black friends reacted and how much how much that meant to them to be able to hear their own history and, and to hear it told and even to go to the National Museum of African American History and watch people go through there and experience those mm. things and just see what it feels like to have your story told. <laughs> well, you know, empathy is about putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Uh, but I want to switch it up, okay? okay. I, I, I want you to be a black guy, right? Uh, you're, you're, you're talking about all this racial stuff. I'm going to be a white guy, all right? Okay. And so I'm putting on white skin. I'm imagining myself as white. And I, I want you to imagine yourself as black as you can, all right? All right. And I'm going to imagine myself as white as I can. And I, I need you to be honest with me. So here I am. I'm white David Anderson. And you talk about race. You talk about uh, black history. Uh, the reality is I'm tired of talking about race. You always bring race up. Why do you have to bring race into everything? Well, unfortunately, everything that I think about and everything that I experience is is colored by race, um, and I'd be happy to— But why can't we just be colorblind? Well, because when we're, when we're colorblind, we, we, in effect, ignore the fact that there have been differences created, and— by ignoring that fact, we allow them to remain just as they are. Well, differences, but why can't we just focus on what we have in common? I mean, we have Jesus Christ in common. Well, we should focus on those things, but that doesn't mean that we do that in a vacuum because that's we are whole people, and how I come to Christ is, an, is the person I am coming to Christ, and the person I am has been affected by the, by the experience of being black in this country. Yeah, but you guys have gotten so much better uh, I mean, you had with affirmative action, and and you had a black president, and I mean, excuse me, we had a black president, and uh, all of that. So, I mean, uh, are you going to just continue to hold on to the history? When are we ever going to be able to move forward in this country? Well, we have had some some things that have have gone forward, but I think some of that is also a little bit of a smokescreen because when you look at some of the the most important measures of well being, health and education and and wealth. Um, you can go back and compare that with like 1967, and it really hasn't changed that much in terms of the relative social well-being of black folks versus white folks. We've had a few high-profile um, exceptions to that rule, but I think that kind of diverts people's attention from the from the reality that most people live. Well, I mean, you talk about social well-being, and I'm all for that, but it's also personal responsibility. And uh, I mean, if people would work and do, you know, what we need to do in order to uh, succeed, instead of you know having all these babies. I mean, uh, come on. I mean, you, don't you have to take personal responsibility for your people? You do. And uh, there's, a, there's a big place where black people have to step up and say, look, I have to do what, whatever I can do to make my situation better. But, we also, but personal responsibility is also responsibility for what we've created. 
And so I have to I have to step forward as a black person to make my situation better. But whoever's made my situation what it is has to also accept personal responsibility if we're ever going to get our way out of yeah, this. Yeah, but I never enslaved a black person, and I never, um, you know, uh, had a, a, you know, uh, I'm not a racist. And so, I mean, why are you blaming me for something that happened hundreds of years ago because people had the same color skin? Like, I don't even know if, like, my family were plantation owners. Well, mo- most most of the most white people's families were not plantation owners. So then, uh, why is it my fault? Well, I don't know if it's your fault, but it, the question, responsibility isn't always the same as fault, because whoever benefited from that situation is the only one who can resolve it. Oh, the pe- so the I'm people benefiting who, the from pe- it. The people uh-huh. who didn't benefit from it can't resolve it because they mm-hmm. don't have the resources to do it. So should I feel guilty because I've benefited from something that happened hundreds of years ago? Well, I don't know if you should feel guilty about that, but I, I think that it, it it gives you a responsibility because God has put something in your hand that somebody else doesn't have. And, and so you control uh, to some degree the, the doorway that's going to lead us to where we need to go. So it's kind of my fault. You're saying you can, you can take it as, as guilt if you want, but you can also take it as opportunity to make things better. So um, you have the opportunity to make it better. And if, Mm -hmm. and if you have that opportunity, to whom much is given, much is expected. Okay, so then what could I do, you know, if I want to, you know, kind of help out black people? <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to do? I mean, uh, you want me to just give money to people who are homeless or, like, give to a charity? I mean, what do you want me to do, go to a black church or something? Well, there are there are charities that, that will help us to do that. There are ways that we can be involved personally with other people's lives by by mentoring, by getting involved, by sharing our time and our energy to help people, help move people along, by giving scholarships to people. Um, there, there are ways that we we can uh, actually create opportunity that that leads toward real equality. Mm. You did pretty good, Negro. I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, man? <laughs> I, I, I did my I did my best without being completely offensive. Yeah, I yes. know. well, you know, I was trying to get you there, yeah, but I, I couldn't push you far enough. You're too astute <laughs> to be pushed by Dr. David Anderson. But you know, you you, you did a you you did a good job. How how did I do? I, I think you've heard these things before. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think it would be more likely that you would have heard those arguments yeah. than the, that I would have heard the other ones? You though. know, but you answer them so well. But isn't that a part of what this is? Is trying to get on into understanding the other side blacks trying to understand why whites feel the way they do and and whites trying to understand why blacks feel the way they do and then trying to figure out a way to go forward absolutely it was it's as you said earlier that that conversation is the thing that opens up the comprehension and the thing that you said earlier also about the two bookends if we can resolve those issues between blacks and whites all those other books on the bookshelves will sort themselves out i think so i Um, think so and so uh, what you have done is you have given us permission to, as as white folk, permission to study this without the emotion of white guilt or, or fragility dominating our feelings. I, I think your book, what it does is it it gives us some facts, it gives us some 
logic as well as emotion. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it does. And, and I think the other thing is that it, it helps people to do it a little bit in isolation. Sometimes hearing those very hard truths about how we got to where we are mm. is a difficult thing to hear in mixed company. I mean, a mixed racial company. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult message to have delivered to you by the person who's been harmed by this because that puts you in a difficult situation to actually be able to process it. You feel like you have to respond, mm. and you're not really ready to respond because your heart hasn't been able to take all of that in That's and see really how it point. needs to ha turn around. So this you can take, and you can sit in your corner, and you yeah. can consider it, and then you can come out in a better position and a better place to, to actually discuss it. That's a really good point. It's almost like evangelism, you know, when you're <laughs> in front of somebody and they're asking you about Christ. If you've not really done uh, the study and the groundwork ahead of time, they're throwing stuff at you, and you're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. I don't know what to say to this Jehovah's Witnesses. I don't know what to say with this, to this atheist. But when you have time alone to really study, to pray, and to prepare, then you're not as caught off guard. And so some ways I think it could be like evangelism, huh? Yeah, yeah. 888-432-7434. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to run uh, to my uh, commercial break. And when I get back, the phone lines are open, so I am going to come to you there. Uh, in Washington, D.C., and several others of you. Uh, let me tell you before I go to break that you can get Pastor Scott's book online with a 25% discount during Black History Month. Just go to scottgarberbooks.com. Scott has two T's in it, scottgarberbooks.com. We're coming right back. Don't you go anywhere. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Want to know the secret that all those flipping houses gurus won't tell you? Flipping multi-unit properties is easier and possibly more profitable than flipping single-family homes. With over 18 years of experience, we here at RE Mentor will show you the art of buying and selling multi-unit properties. Come spend two hours with our team of experts, and we will show you how you could get passive income and significant retirement quickly. This two-hour class will teach you the art of the multi-unit flip. You'll learn how to buy, hold, and sell multi-unit properties with no money down, no credit, and no risk. You risk nothing, but have everything to gain. This intensive two-hour real estate class is coming to the DMV area soon. Call 800-392-9118 to secure your seat. This seminar is free to the first 30 people that call. Change your life now and learn the art of the multi-unit flip or long-term hold. Call 800-392-9118. 800-392-9118. Did you know that older furnaces were 60% efficient when new? Now they may only be 40% efficient. You're paying for a new furnace with wasted dollars every month. A-Action is offering zero down, zero interest for 18 months on high-efficiency furnaces for as little as $49 a month at aactionhomeservices.com, 703-922-1900. A-Action, 703-922-1900. Problem solved. Alexa can play WAVA-FM and hear us wherever you are on our mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, or Radio.com. 
More than a thousand chapters and 30,000 verses, but you can do it. Read the entire Bible with Bible in a Year, totally interactive, totally free at BibleStudyTools.com. Wake up to WAVAFM and focus on the family with Jim Daly and John Fuller. Weekday mornings at 7. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Individual results will vary. If you tried to lose weight and failed, it wasn't your fault. According to leading medical experts, when we cut back on how much we eat, our body shifts into survival mode, reducing our metabolism and making us even hungrier. But now, a breakthrough discovery that helps you fight food cravings is available without a prescription. Riduzone uses your body's natural appetite control, a molecule called OEA, to break that cycle. Riduzone is the only product that contains OEA. I've lost 75 pounds using Riduzone. My husband has lost 50 pounds using Riduzone. Riduzone has made it so that we eat less food, and it has taken away the cravings that we used to have. Riduzone has made it so that I can lose the weight without feeling hungry. Go to Riduzone.com. Use promo code today to save up to 65% off your order. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Save up to 65% and get free shipping by using promo code today at Riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. How in the world are you today? I've got Pastor Scott Garber hanging out with me today. He's the author of a new book called White as Sin, uh, a new paradigm for racial healing. And uh, we're talking about black history from a white man's perspective And Pastor Scott Garber has written this book, the subtitle, A New Paradigm for Racial Healing. So how do we do racial reconciliation, not just from another black guy talking about race and how we need to come together in Christ, which is, you know, I'm not minimizing that, but we've seen that, right? The question is, can we have uh, white men uh, talk about the subject and understand it to a degree that they could use a platform to speak to people that maybe David Anderson cannot? And so I say that black men and white men are the bookends. Then you put black women and and white women inside of that. And then the rest of the books in the middle, all these different cultures can help us build a bridge to the ends. But in America, if you can get the white man and the black man to come together and reconcile, a lot of the other uh, uh, areas of reconciliation, conflict resolution can uh, grow out of that. Well, Pastor Scott, thanks for being with me. You having fun? Oh, great. Yeah, super. Great. Well, we're going to go to the phone lines and talk to Joan, who's in Washington, D.C., Hello, Miss Joan. It's Dr. Anderson and Pastor Scott. How you doing? Well, I am thankful, and I praise God for the conversation that's taking place Thank between you. you two. Thank you. And I, I just want to let you know that if it weren't for Jesus taking that old heart of stone out of me and putting mm-hmm. in a heart of flesh, mm-hmm. I'd still be hit by folks. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, you'd still hate him, but because of God, he changed your heart. Is that what I'm hearing, Miss Joan? You better believe it, and I want you to know I don't even look at that color. I'm checking out the spirit. How about that? I, I thank God that he is willing to share that which God has given him concerning the perspective and to put it out as a process of evangelism. Yes, Pastor, Pastor Scott has been, that. yeah, he's been, thank you, Miss Joan, he's been very helpful to us, helping us to think this through. I've got Deborah, who's in Washington, D.C., driving home. Let's see if I can grab her. 
Hello, Miss Deborah. How are you today? I am also thankful for this conversation. It's just been marvelous. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think that my response is about what you responded to um, the query about what can be done by a white man to help the situation out with the black man. Mm. Okay? That's a good question. Um, yeah, the, the answer may not have said it so well. Perhaps it's more that White people just perhaps need to talk among themselves in a positive vein about black people. Hmm. Uh, they hear conversations, they hear sad remarks, they hear perhaps joking and other things that are being said, and they sit in, in silence mm -hmm. or nod in agreement or whatever, and they don't speak up and say, no, ma'am, you shouldn't do that. No, that's not right. Do some type of interjection within your own culture to change the mindset of those within that culture. That's the same thing that we have to do or have had to do. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's the better way maybe to handle it. Well, let me necessarily try to just do it. Let me jump over to Scott here. You just keep listening. Stay on the line with me, Miss Deborah. I want you to uh, respond to Scott. Pastor Scott, when she says that white folk should talk to other white folk, maybe even check them, redirect them, uh, yeah. what, what do you think about that? Well, I think that's absolutely the case. And, in fact, my target audience in this book is white thought leaders. Um, and those are the minds I'm trying to change. Uh, it w the book is right. a lot more pleasant to read if you're not white, but it's really aimed <laughs> at changing the minds of white people. And so we have to have that conversation. Uh, one of the things that I yeah. observe, one of the things I observe in the book, is that uh, one of the things that gives us away in terms of uh, the, our continuing superior attitudes in the white community is the is the, are the kinds of judgments and uh, comments that we make about black folks in general. And I observed that I don't remember in my lifetime hearing uh, a white person make a positive general comment about black people in general, mm. other than the kind of stereotypical, boy, those people really can sing or dance or whatever kind of right. thing. You know? right. uh, but I mean, something serious about people and their, their value and the value that they bring, I just I don't remember hearing a general generalized comment from any white person in my entire life. What, mm. And that just goes to the point that she was making. Yeah, Deborah, you made a really good point. What's your final response to Pastor Scott? My final response is really a question as in, is there a thought about to the, now these black movies that are coming out that are showing this prejudice such as justice? You know, boy, you're kind of cutting out. I know you're driving. See if you can say it one. See if you can say it quickly one more time. Is there a a thought about why people want as a group to see movies like Just Mercy? Got it. Thank you, Deborah. I'm gonna let you go. Um, movies like Just Mercy or other sort of black movies that are showing historical uh, racial bias uh, is that something that white folk would actually want to go see? I think so. Yes, I think you can organize that. Not all white folks will, but it it'll pull some people in that wouldn't read a book. That wouldn't go and have a conversation or mm -hmm. go to a seminar, gotcha. uh, but they would go to a movie. And sometimes, if you can organize that and actually have some discussion about it, gotcha. it's, it's worth doing. Well, you know, somebody uh, pretty cool uh, endorsed your book. They said Scott Garver gives a weighty and thoughtful progression of racialization and the sin of racism from the Garden of Eden to the fields of America to modern day struggles of racial haughtiness in the 21st century between a historical account and an illuminating reality that racial haughtiness is an integral part 
of the American fabric, white as sin, challenges the conversation about reconciliation head-on. Having served with Pastor Scott for years as a reconciler, I can attest to the sincerity of his heart to help all move from racist to gracious. Hey, who wrote that? I don't know. We'll, we'll, give, we'll give our callers three guesses as to who wrote that one. There you go. Come on, y'all. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Does your church have legal challenges? McCullum & Associates has experience with pastor church relations, administration and organizational issues, church liability and risk management, and real estate matters. This firm understands the legal aspects of the problems, as well as the spiritual implications of those same problems inside and outside the court. Call McCullum & Associates today at 301-864-6070. That's 301-864-6070. When asked the question raised by her professor, why are you here at Omega Graduate School? Sebla Digluhailu answered in one of her essays like this. I was not there just to add a prefix to my name, though that would feel good. The greater purpose of my preparation at OGS is to fulfill my mandate to be a change agent. The doctoral study is a time of preparation for me to see and to think, to understand the times, and to craft my way in fulfilling my calling. Sebla Digluhailu, a current doctor of philosophy student from Ethiopia, is a counselor and adjunct psychology professor who hosts a weekly radio show in the capital city of Ethiopia and is an advocate for empowering women and children. What is your profession, and how can OGS help you grow to the next level in your graduate education? Dr. David Anderson is the new chancellor of Omega Graduate School, formerly known as Oxford Graduate School, and your education as a working adult is important to him, to God, and to all who will be changed in the world because of your important research. Go to OGS.edu today and apply, or call 1-800-933-6188. Want more Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson? You can now catch Dr. Anderson's half-hour radio highlight show on Saturdays at 7 p.m. right here on WAVA 105.1. You'll enjoy recent conversations he's had with callers to this show. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Weekend Edition, Saturday, 7 p.m. on WAVA. Check it out. For more information about Dr. Anderson, visit andersonspeaks.com. We hear it all the time. I've tried about every diet. I lose 10 pounds. That's it. I want to lose 30 pounds or more. At Wellness Weight Loss Center, we know that nothing motivates like results. And our success proves it. You will lose weight and keep it off. Guaranteed. Fast and safe weight loss strategies, all directed by a physician. Take your weight loss journey with us and lose 15, 20, 50 pounds or more. Schedule your free consultation today. Your weight loss guaranteed at wellnessweightlosscenter.com. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. I've got Scott Garber. He's a pastor uh, he, right here in Columbia, Maryland at Bridgeway Community Church. He's also the author of the book White as Sin, A New Paradigm for Racial Healing. Let's go to Springfield, Virginia and talk to David who's on the line. Hey, David, it's Dr. Anderson and Pastor Scott. How you doing? Hello, doctor. Fine, thank you. Thanks for calling. Um, you know, this, this, is an, this is an old open wound, you know, from... You know, decades and hundreds of years back, yeah. and uh, you know, slavery and discrimination obviously is an absolute worldwide 
institution yeah. and it's it's alive and well today mm. um you know where, where where do you start uh in in our history 1619 with the dutch bringing them bringing slaves in or uh mm. do we start back 2000 years ago mm. um from the christian perspective um everything everything with your pro with a problem is especially as huge as this you know there's a forgiveness thing about it um you never can forget but um you know, if you just dwell on it, it, it you know, you really can't get past it. Right. So I may say something about World War II. The Germans killed 300,000 Americans, the Japanese 100,000 Americans. And post-World War II, growing up with the veterans, I never heard hardly any, very few, that really despised the Germans or hated them, the German people or the Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, the Japanese and the Philippines put our men in ships standing up you couldn't breathe or move and they shipped them to korea and, and japan and and china and they died standing up mm-hmm. um this this inhumanity to man goes back to the garden the first family killing each other so yeah. we need forgiveness we need to work on the problem in the sense of life is so hard um you know how, how can you forgive anybody it starts in your own family and then yeah. your friends and neighbors and workmates yeah you and may- after a Go ahead. I was just going to say you make a good point uh, about forgiveness, and we know that it is a sin problem, not just a skin problem. And, yeah, there are histories from all these different countries of what uh, atrocities have happened. Uh, But we live in America, and we're dealing with this even now. How do you think we ought to deal with it, David, now in 2020? Well, if if this – one of the biggest things in your head and your heart, um, you know, supposedly you've probably heard many of your listeners, the Super Bowl is the biggest human trafficking day of the year. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of young people who are being abused um, in different ways. And when you step up and offer the hand and make that effort, there's a lot of healing behind that. Mm. Um, there's Whether it's on the Mexican border, the people being enslaved coming over, um, it, it's, it's incredible. And yeah. when you get to know it, you know, yeah. if I may say one big picture on slavery. Sure, final you know, final started, comment. Sure, right. 1619 to 1807, where Jefferson stopped uh, the importation of slaves. After it was illegal in 1863, those very people went to China and sold opium, the mm-hmm. British and the Americans, for, for decades and, and devastated China. Yeah. In, in, 18, in 1906, they stopped the opium trade. And then they went to Central America, these same people, the same money, the gotcha. power. And they took over the Caribbean and the Central America. Yeah. There's three sets of this power abuse that's very interesting that's not taught. Yeah, but anyways, no, it's, it's, but forgiveness it's, is worth it. Yeah. It's big and global, and yet you're, you're uh, zeroing in on forgiveness. I appreciate it. Thank you, David, for your call from Springfield, Virginia. You're going to have to write a book on uh, several of these <laughs> things, you know, but your book is really focused on the new paradigm for racial healing. It is, yes. I do tie it into the bigger picture mm-hmm. um, because there is a bigger picture, as our caller said. Uh, but we're we the the thing that we have the power the leverage to do something about is our own picture. Right. So we have to I think start there uh, because we can't solve China right now. No, right. Exactly. Right. So let's go to uh, Pasadena, Maryland, and talk to Larry, who's on the line. Hi, Larry. It's Dr. Anderson and Pastor Scott. How you doing? Doing well, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm alive and grateful. Thanks for hanging with us. What are you thinking? Oh, uh, I would like to see our churches. 
talk about the fact that Jesus wasn't a white man. Mm. Jesus wasn't a black man. Mm -hmm. He was a man. Well, he was a Jewish man, though. Yeah, he was born Jewish, but he was created Uh, as uh, a man. True. He was. And uh, we need to look at each other as just men. Mm-hmm. Not that there's a difference in our skin color or, you know, our Savior was the same. You believe yeah. in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. The church has a lot of power to change how people see this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, let me ask a pastor. Thank you, Larry, from Pasadena. How does the church help with this, as, as, as Larry is saying from, from Pasadena? And thank you, Larry. How, how, how does the church help with this? Well, I, th- I think that... For example, here in Bridgeway, we have a very important multicultural platform, and other churches have, have a similar kind of platform if they're making the effort to draw people in under the banner of the cross mm-hmm. and, and create an actual multicultural Christian family. And that, that is, I think, so important to making uh, headway in this matter because mm-hmm. if you don't have a platform where people can actually share life together and come and, af- and affirm their unity in Christ and yeah. their oneness. You can say that from a distance, but it doesn't mean very much if you're not really interacting with the per, with yeah. those people and you're not really look all beginning to pull together toward the well-being of everybody. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that's so very important. Thanks for stating that. You have to be in relationship. You have to uh, cross paths with people as Jesus did intentionally with the woman at the well who was a Samaritan. Exactly. And so, yeah, he was a Jewish man, but he was a Jewish man. She was a Samaritan woman. He was making a a, a concerted, intentional effort, wasn't he? He was he was building a bridge. He was exactly. Building a bridge. <laughs> and this is why I appreciate so many of my listeners. I'm just going to call one out right now. And she's always on my Facebook page. She's a white woman. We may have different views when it comes to politics, but she doesn't let that stop us. She still listens every day. She's always on my Facebook page. I hope to meet her at my party uh, celebrating my 10-year anniversary, but I just want to give a shout-out to her now because I think that she is the kind of this is the kind of relationship that matters if we're going to grow and stretch one another. So Linda Genty Iskerzak, I'm giving you a shout-out today. Thank you for being a bridge builder. Okay, our last call is Christy from Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Christy. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Great. What's your comment or question, please? Yeah, I was just calling to um, thank um, the pastor for writing his book and just encourage um, my other white um, fellows, believers, or Christians, or anyone out there that's listening to continue to have these conversations. Mm. I have a little bit different perspective because I grew up in a a smaller white town. My stepdad was black, and... Mm. um, so I've seen racism, and um, it's still there, and white privilege is still here. And mm. um, when you're having those conversations and people say things that you know are racist, right? and sometimes they don't know they're racist, like when someone's <laughs> right. telling a story that they used to tell you like that the one person in the story is black, and I'm like, why did you tell me that? <laughs> why right. does that matter? <laughs> yeah. And you have to kind of like call them out and tell them, like, hey, do you know that, you know, that's that's something right there? Mm. Like you know, let's talk about that. Why do you have, why do you have to tell me that, that perspective? Mm. Um, they're, they're blind to a lot of it. Mm. Um, and so I, I would just encourage people to pray about, you know, 
how they can have these conversations and help people to open their eyes to the truth. That's good. Hey, of what's really inside of them. Christy, because they don't always see it. Yeah, Christy, let me just thank you for using your voice today. And uh, as, a, as a white sister calling in and saying that, I, I really appreciate it as your a black brother in Christ, okay? <laughs> no problem. God Thanks for your show. Bless you. I'm coming right back. Don't go anywhere because Pastor Scott is going to give us a final word on this black history from a white man's perspective. His book is White as Sin, A New Paradigm for Racial Healing. Want to know the secret that all those flipping houses gurus won't tell you? Flipping multi-unit properties is easier and possibly more profitable than flipping single-family homes. With over 18 years of experience, we here at RE Mentor will show you the art of buying and selling multi-unit properties. Come spend two hours with our team of experts, and we will show you how you could get passive income and significant retirement quickly. This two-hour class will teach you the art of the multi-unit flip. You'll learn how to buy, hold, and sell multi-unit properties with no money down, no credit, and no risk. You risk nothing, but have everything to gain. This intensive two-hour real estate class is coming to the DMV area soon. Call 800-392-9118 to secure your seat. This seminar is free to the first 30 people that call. Change your life now and learn the art of the multi-unit flip or long-term hold. Call 800-392-9118. 9118 Hey, friends, guess how old Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson is? Ten years old. So I'm going to throw a birthday party on February 29th. It's Saturday. It's from 6 to 9. It's going to be in Columbia, Maryland, and I want to invite you to my party. It's free. I want you to come, okay? I want to meet you, greet you. I'm going to show you the studio. We're going to eat some food, listen to a Latin band. It's going to be a fun time. All you got to do is go to EmbraceGracism.com and register there, or go to AndersonSpeaks.com. Send me an email. We'll register for you. February 29th, 2020. I can't wait to see you. If this were just any door, and this were just any ignition, connected to just any transmission, in just any vehicle, then perhaps it would be okay to buy it from just anyone. But this is not just any car. It's a certified pre-owned Mercedes-Benz. Every detail has been inspected and road tested by highly skilled Mercedes-Benz technicians, and it's all backed by an unlimited mileage warranty, which makes the decision of where to buy one simple. Your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer. The certified pre-owned sales event going on now through March 7th. Come in today and enjoy a credit of up to $1,500 toward your first two payments through Mercedes-Benz Financial Services. Because in the end, it's absolute confidence in genuine Mercedes-Benz parts, or it isn't. It's either Mercedes-Benz certified pre-owned, or it isn't. See your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer for complete details and limitations on credit toward your first two months payment and certified pre-owned warranties. This is WAVA's Dennis Williams. Folks, our Deeper Faith Alaska cruise is almost sold out, and we don't want you to miss out on this amazing faith-building adventure into God's majestic creation with teaching pastor Alistair Begg. We'll explore towering mountains and mighty glaciers and dig deeper into God's powerful word every single day. Don't miss it. This trip will sell out by the end of February. So register today. Go to WAVA.com, keyword Alaska, or give me a call, 703-807-2211. Hello, friends. This is Janice Fonseca, producer of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. I want to thank you for joining us on this thought-provoking radio show where Dr. Anderson creates a safe, uncommon table to build bridges where there's a divide. 
because like he says, comprehension begins with conversation. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson is a nonprofit ministry, and it is made possible with generous listeners like you. Will you consider partnering with us? It's really easy. Let me tell you how. Go to andersonspeaks.com and click on the donate button. Consider giving a monthly donation. If you're a business and want to sponsor Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, email me at info at andersonspeaks.com. Together we can build bridges and have great conversations on Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Become a partner or a sponsor and go to andersonspeaks.com and donate. Join us again tomorrow at 3 p.m. and Saturday at 7 p.m. We want you to be part of this conversation. We can't do this without you. We look forward to your partnership and sponsorship. Andersonspeaks.com And thank you so very much for your support. And listen, friends, I'm holding up this book on Facebook, if you can see me now, and on YouTube, White as Sin. This book uh, has the subtitle, A New Paradigm for Racial Healing. Pastor Scott Garber is in the house today. We've been talking about black history from a white man's perspective. Pastor Scott, as your uh, final comments as we wrap up today's show, as we talk about black history, but from a white man's perspective, what do you want to sort of leave us with as we walk away from today's show? Well, I think that, that you began the show by talking about what we need to end it with, and that is the need for the conversation to continue. Mm-hmm. And not the conversation between us, because it will continue. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the conversation, first of all, white person to white person, uh, there, it's not enough for black people to tell the story to white people that they need to hear. Uh, white people need to be able to talk about this among ourselves, and it's mm. it's it's a topic that's typically avoided. Mm. Um, but then secondarily, there need to, need to be platforms in churches and other places where people can sit down and be honest with each other without fear of recrimination um, and that they know that they will at least be heard, if not completely understood. Maybe not everybody's going to agree with them, but they can, they can talk, they can, they can say what's on their hearts. Mm. Uh, that's really, really, really important. Um, Take and, Go ahead. Take 30 seconds to talk about the word redress. You talk about that mm-hmm. a lot in your book. Give us 30 seconds on that. Okay, I do talk about redress a lot because one, I, I identify a moral flaw that is embedded in white identity. I call it racial haughtiness. Mm-hmm. And I talk a lot about how we need to be transformed from that. Mm. It, if we're going to make things different, and the reason we're doing things wrong is because we have this moral attitudinal flaw, then it has to be changed to its moral opposite, mm-hmm. which I would say is loving humility. Mm. But that's not, it's not enough just to change us on the inside. If we have perpetrated evils, we also have to take care of the practical consequences of those evils that have been created. Mm. So all that haughtiness hath wrought over these centuries must also be dealt with if we're going to create a platform for racial reconciliation. And that's why we need to go and redress the disadvantage that we have created and the, the racial hierarchy that's been created in this country if we're going to ever really get together. Thank you for all of your academia, your research, and the uh, power of the book, White as Sin, A New Paradigm for Racial Healing. If you want to get a copy at 25% off, go to scottgarberbooks.com. That's two Ts, scottgarberbooks.com. You can always go to amazon.com, but you won't get the discount. Let's pray together. Thanks for being on the show, my brother. Lord Jesus, we uh, lift you up and just say thank you. Thank you that you can lift all of us up from haughtiness, from pride, from sin. Uh, Forgive us for where we have gone wrong in this bridge building. Help us to maintain the unity 
of the spirit through the bond of peace. For it is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen, amen. and amen. Father.